Hello everyone and welcome in to the Youth Hoops Pod presented by Pro Skills Basketball. Youth basketball is often disorganized, focused solely on winning, and generally frustrating. But at Pro Skills Basketball, our mission is to change that culture. We strive to provide a more professional experience for parents, players, and coaches. One focused on organized communication, fun, mutual respect, and personal growth on and off the court. And the Youth Hoops Pod is a part of that. This podcast covers a wide range of youth basketball topics, from high school and AAU basketball to college recruiting, NCAA, NBA, overseas basketball, mental health and performance, leadership, and much more. Now let's jump into today's conversation. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Youth Hoops Pod presented by Pro Skills Basketball. My name is Chris Goodrum and your host for today's conversation. Excited to have all three of us on this call. Voices representing the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. Our co-host, co-founder of PSB, the machine himself, Brendan Winters. Brendan, appreciate you jumping on with us today. How is everything? Uh, it's good to be back. I appreciate you having me. I, I, I had a little hiatus from the pod, but uh, but yeah, I'm excited for, for, for Kenny today. Absolutely. Our guest today, as Brendan alluded to, uh, super excited for this one. He's gone through every maturation and evolution within PSB from uh, a PSB Charlotte elite player in high school, coached by Brendan, to D2 athlete at Limestone University, racking up multiple honors, to PSB Charlotte coach, PSB Charlotte region manager, uh, PSB Charlotte general manager, to now acting director of PSB Charlotte, the sauciest staff member we have Kenneth Harrison Jr. Kenny, what's up, my friend? What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me, man. Excited to to be on today. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, we're gonna start with Brendan uh, because Brendan has uh, the deepest experience with you, and so would love to hear about Brendan's um, observations of you as a high school player, and then that whole recruiting process and transition uh, to college. Yeah, I got to know Kenny. Um, I guess. It was my second year into doing pro skills. We, I had come back from playing overseas and we had started pro skills in the uh, North Charlotte, like specifically Lake Norman area. Um, and Kenny was a player, a high school player at Davidson Day High School. Um, so I started seeing him, him then and he was on an AAU team, I believe called the Charlotte Storm at the time. And so I would see him uh, that then as well, but he was, I believe at the time he was 16. He was a 16 U kid. We did not start with high school teams. The highest we had, I guess was 15 U, which is high school, but, uh, kind of lucked out into having that team. But the majority of what we did was sixth through eighth grade to start. Um, but then that following year, we decided, Hey, let's start up a 17 U team. Um, a 17 U elite team because we have Davidson experience overseas experience. We can help these kids. And, uh, Kenny was my main target in my recruiting. He was the fastest kid I had seen play. Um, I also loved his leadership. He could really score. Um, I, I he was he 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 would just torch some people. And and I liked the his the way he spoke on the court. He used his voice. He was a really good leader. So uh, started to recruit him. Got lucky. Uh, got him to 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 switch teams. And and he played played with us. And uh, I loved coaching him. He was one of my favorite players ever. Just uh, a, a great leader. I, I knew he was going to be a coach one day. His dad was a coach, but he, Kenny also had those leadership qualities. Again, the uh, the communication, 
using his voice. Uh, the other thing I loved is like he would he bought into anything that I asked him to do. I mean, he would run through a brick wall for the team if if, if I asked him to. So always knew he was going to be going to be special, going to be a coach. And uh, so now I'm excited to uh, that he, that he's with us. And, and, and it's been awesome to see his maturation over the last number of years. But uh, yeah, that that was my uh, my my experience with Kenny on the court. Kenny, uh, talk to us about so so you went to Limestone University. Uh, obviously, that's a D two. Uh, I'm sure you had aspirations of going D one, and I'm sure that's that was a part of your conversation with Brendan and the family and everything as you're going through just the whole recruiting process. So, w- what was that experience like uh, coming to the understanding that hey, I'm still a college basketball player. I might not be as high from a conference standpoint or division standpoint, but I still get to go to school and hoop. Talk to us about wanting to play D1, but ending up playing D2. Yeah, I think um, as like like most young players, you know, playing, you know, basketball or, or any sport, you know, everybody has dreams and aspirations to go division one. You know, it's, it's what we see on TV. They have the best campuses. They have the best food. You know, just it's just a, the atmosphere in totality is just what is what every kid wants. Um, and I think for me, at first, it was um, it was a tough pill to swallow. Um, I think to to have to accept um, that Division Two was 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 the best place for me. Um, you know, because you know, like like Brendan said, um, we we had a really good team of that 17 U elite. And I, and I, and I think what made it hard was majority of my peers and my friends that I was playing with and against, they were all going division one, you know what I mean? So I I felt like the division one thing was like a stamp, you know, like a personal achievement, like, Hey, like I'm one of the best players in my area. Um, Like I'm solidified. I have, you know, the top of the class kind of, you know, um, skill you know as as to say uh so it was hard for me you know um but I think ultimately um it was it was the best decision I could have ever made um the recruiting process for me was it was a long process I mean it was up and down there was a lot of calls a lot of texts um a lot of unanswered texts um for as well you know from me texting with coaches and then you know schools just absolutely ghosting me um, so it was a it was a real emotional roller coaster uh, for me, um, but I, I always take a piece of 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 the recruiting process, and I and I actually tell this, and I actually told this to to one kid that I'm mentoring. I told him this two years ago when he was trying to figure out what school to choose. You know, I told him, hey, like recruiting the recruiting process and choosing a school, it's like a relationship. You know, it's like choosing a girlfriend. You know what I mean? It's like on, on on one side, you may have this school that that looks really, really good. She's so physically attractive. She has the perfect campus. They may have nice jerseys, you know, good tradition. Um, it's kind of like the the right now option. Like, yeah, like this is this is a beautiful option to take. Right. And then on the other side, you know, you may have another school that maybe doesn't look as good. You know, they the gym isn't as nice. You know, school might not be as big. You know, the jerseys may be, eh, you know, so, um, but that school may really value you. You know, they really care about you as a person, care about your family, care about your dreams and your goals after school. Um, you know, and, and that, that option is what I like to call like the long haul option. Like this is only isn't a girlfriend, 
this could be a potential wife for me, you know what I'm saying, down the line. Uh, so I really took that personally when I was going through my recruiting process. And I think Limestone really stood out to me um, because they really cared just about me. They asked me constantly about my siblings, about my parents, and just about, you know, the things that I like to do on my own. Um, I just really felt like they cared about me and the connection and, and, and Kenny Hairston Jr., the person, and not Kenny Hairston Jr., the basketball player. Uh, so I think that is that was that was really intriguing to me. And, and, and it ultimately, it worked out for me. I mean, I had a great career at Limestone. Um, like you said, I've, I've had a lot of personal accolades and, and was able to to meet guys that that are now my that I can call my brothers and, and and learn from great coaches and take those qualities and and apply them to my everyday life. So it was an interesting process, but but a, a, a bit of beneficial. Yeah, and, and I'll add on to that, Chris. Too Kenny could have been a Division One player, and he probably should have been a Division One player, but for whatever reason, that's that's not where you know the the, the cards fell. And but. Instead, he went on to go D2 and he was an all-conference player and what, 10th leading scorer all time or uh, something like that at Limestone. So, you know, he could have gone Division One, gone to a program that, you know, loses every game or dang near every game and had a terrible time there, not liked it. Maybe he doesn't play as much, you know, so it's, it's you know, I, I think he ended up at the right place. But uh, but yeah, e even for me as a coach, I thought he was a division one player and I tried my dangness to get him to division one. And we had those conversations. But again, for whatever reason, no one really pulled the trigger. But then he ended up at the right level, the right place. And he had a really, really good career. So uh, really, really proud of him for that. Easy to look at that, Kenny, as a setback initially, right? Uh, um, but the, but then not to focus on it. Maybe maybe roll in the mud of that setback for a couple of minutes, but then realize that you get a chance to hoop. One, I've never heard um, recruiting uh, compared to dating and looking for your future <laughs> wife. So I appreciate great that. comparison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. I'm folded into my next recruiting conversation. Two, I like. Uh, uh, 2017, 2018, you were division two statistical champion for three point field goals per game. Right. So we've got two shooters on the call today who just love to throw the ball into the net three. I think your biggest accomplishment in my opinion is if anyone goes and looks up Kenny's high school and freshman picture, he, he hadn't changed. I, I don't know how you've done that Kenny, but you look the exact same. As you as you did when you graduated from Davidson Day, which is which is wild to look at, it's it's crazy. So con congrats on uh, finding um, the fountain of youth. What so you know wanted to go D one? What what was that D two experience? Right, like help help the listeners understand. Like maybe they've got these these thoughts of hey D one looks like this, D two looks like this, D three looks like this, and they don't understand that the experience that the experience might not change necessarily depending on what division you're in. Yeah. And I, and I got to say, like, honestly, like I was one of those people like going into it. Like when I was going into limestone, I felt like I'm too good for division two. Like I'm a division one guy. Like this is going to be easy. This is going to be a cakewalk. And, and I vividly remember my first workout. I wasn't able to finish it. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of was the first time I've ever been, have I've ever felt like that? Like, dang, like I can't finish a workout. Like what? 
is this? Like, what have I stepped into? Um, so at first, man, it was really hard for me. And it was a heck of an adjustment. I mean, like, physically, I'm naturally small. Um, so the physicality of the game was was probably the biggest adjustment to me. Like Brennan said, I mean, I was, I'm, I'm fast. I'm, the speed of the game was, was something that I could, that I could really find, you know, a way to, to be effective, but from a physical standpoint and a consistency standpoint, man, like I was just so behind. Um, but I also think on the other side of that, um, I was put in a unique situation. Um, our very first game of the season, my freshman year, our senior point guard, who was our starting point guard, he broke his nose right before our game. Uh, like the practice before the game, he broke his nose. Um, and I wasn't expecting to play at all. And coach calls me uh, after practice that night and says, hey, man, like you're going to start in the game tomorrow. So be ready. And like I was like stomach was like I mean nervous it was turning I just I called my dad and I was like man I'm starting tomorrow like I don't know what to do like I'm scared I'm nervous and all he could tell me was man just go out there and play have fun and just relax and you know everything happens for a reason um so I was thrown in the fire kind of immediately um which I think down the line really helped my growth and, and it was it was really a great confidence booster for me as well to get out there and play and and and, and find some success um, here and there and, and also fail a little bit and kind of learn from that. Um, and I think um, also early on in, in, in my career, it was, it was, it was really tough for me because I battled a lot of injuries. Uh, I had multiple shoulder dislocations um, playing my freshman, my freshman year at Limestone. I didn't want to get surgery because I just wanted to play. I just wanted to play so bad. And looking back, I probably should have, hung it up and just waited it out and just and just tried to save my freshman year. Um, I played too many games, couldn't get a red shirt. So I ended up only playing half of my freshman season and having to sit out because I had to finally get surgery. My shoulder like popped out of place while I was sleeping in mm -hmm. bed um, one night. And they were like, yeah, man, like you got to get surgery, man. Like there's you're tough, but you're not that tough. Um, so it was, it was, that was tough to really, really deal with um, early on, but I had a really good summer leading into my sophomore year. And, and I was really nervous that summer because, you know, back to the girlfriend situation with limestone, I really felt like at that time, like I was nervous. I was like, are they going to recruit over me or is this, is this girl going to choose somebody else, you know, a better looking version of me? You know what I mean? But um, I ultimately made the right decision because, you know, Limestone didn't do that. You know, they, they constantly called me over the summer like, hey, how's your rehab going? How's your how's your work going? Is, is, are you feeling good? How's your mental? How are you doing physically? So they really bought into me, you know, and they, and they said, hey, man, we're rolling with you and, and we're going to we're going to die on this hill with you if, if that's if that's what it is um and i that really gave me the confidence and really kind of gave that pick up the butt like yeah like this is where i should be and and, and i'm home and, and and ultimately from there i just never look back and i just continue to get better year in and year out um but yeah man this the 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 kind of the stigma on division two that it's not as good as division one um it's it's a bad one you mean it I mean, I think in reality, most Division II teams have, have about 
two to three legit division one players on the roster, you know, just for whatever reason, they don't make it to that level, but, but talent wise, they are that good. Um, so the, the negative stigma, negative stigma on, on division two basketball is, 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 is just ridiculous. And, and I try to constantly tell players like division two and division three, like those are real players, man. Those are some real studs there. And, and, and as long as you're in an environment where you can really develop and learn, you'll, you'll be good. Four years go by. Cool. I graduate still in Charlotte or moving back to Charlotte from, from, from college. Um, what's, what's next? Like why, why, or how did you, did you start having those thoughts of giving back to the game as, as far as a coach standpoint? Yeah. You know, um, well, obviously like every player who, you know, comes out of college, they want to play professional. You know, I think my first goal, um, was I got to get overseas. I felt like I was good enough. I just had, you know, a terrific junior and, and senior year. So I was like, Hey, like this is realistic for me. I got an agent like the, a week after, uh, graduating. Um, and he was really confident that I'd get something and then kind of COVID happens. Mm. Um, and it kind of sets back everything and it kind of puts my entire playing career on hold. And at the time I didn't know what to do with my time. You know, um, I just knew I wanted it to be about basketball. Um, but my dad actually gave me this idea, like, hey, man, like, you should probably look into coaching. And I was just like, uh, I want to play, you know, like, I want to play, man. Like, I got time. I, got, I still got gas in the tank. I want to get out there and I want to go. And he's like, yeah, you can still do that. But think about the things you can learn about the game from the outside looking in um, as a coach and, 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 and just developing young guys. And, I, and it really, you know, I had to sit back and think about it like, hey, like, this this game is bigger than me like you know what i'm saying this opportunity can be bigger than than just me you know personally what can i do to build and help the next generation of, of players um so I, I i started that and i and i hit up brendan and i was like hey man like is there anything that i can do with you guys whether it's like running a camp or you know helping with a clinic um, I'll even coach a little, little kids team, like whatever I can do. I just want to get involved. And I think I started out working some camps and I just really, really just enjoyed the atmosphere and seeing how much the players really appreciated, you know, guys like me being in the gym and dedicating time for them. And it really, you know, kind of hit a soft spot in my heart. And I was like, man, like maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, and maybe it's not playing. Um, so I, I just kind of kept rolling with that and kept rolling and, and, and it's just, I got really good at it. You know, I, like, like Brennan said, I use my voice really well. I know a lot of people say I, I, I yell and I talk loud and I think I get that from my dad. Um, but yeah, like I, I just felt like the more I did it, the more comfortable I got and the more I knew like this was my purpose. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got, got involved with that. One for the listener. Kenny keeps talking about his dad, the OG senior. Um, I think like need you guys to picture the most uh, passionate, loving man behind a bench yelling barbecue chicken every time Kenny gets the ball. I mean, the, the guy was sold out on on being passionate about his son hooping, and 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 anytime I get to see Kenny 
his father. I, I just, I, I love that man. So for parents out there, find him, ask him what he did and emulate it. Cause, cause, cause he was a heck of it. He still is a heck of a dad. Um, so for the listener, that's the OG. That's the original sauce uh, senior himself. Second. So now, now you're a coach and you're, you're operating an organization. What take, Take us through, you know, four coaches out there, four people who are running their own organizations, four PSB directors who listen to this or PSB coaches who listen to this. Like what what have you taken from your experience through player um, at the high school level, at the AU level, travel ball level, Davidson Day level to 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 division two to now over X amount of years learning the game and learning to interact with players like what what have you taken and what? what do you hold as truth as a coach? Like, like how have you become a better coach and how are you using it to pour into the youth? Yeah, I think um, it's patience. You know what I mean? And you got to have patience, I think, um, with dealing with, you know, um, you know, parents, young players, you know, just the sport in general, you got to have patience. People think it's an overnight thing. Like, Hey, I do this. And then tomorrow, I'm going to be exactly what I want to be. Um, and that's just not, that's not realistic. Um, that's just not how things go. Um, so I think for me, um, I really, I really learned how to adjust to, you know, what's in front of me, you know what I mean? Cause every player's trajectory is different. Every player's path is different than, than the next guy. Um, so if you're, able to to connect to to the group of players that you have or or the group of people that you're leading um if you're able to connect with them and then figure out what exactly they want in this experience then it'll make it easy for you to be able to deliver on your end right so i think a huge part is is being able to connect with the people you're leading and really figure out what they want and what they need um because that that is what you can base your your teaching points and your leading points off of is just kind of what they want and what they need. So I think that's one thing that I is is probably the, one of the most important things that I've, I've taken with me is just connecting with you know your people and figuring out what it is that they actually want and need. Has anything changed from your perspective, right? From from player X amount of years ago to now. Uh, helping to manage an organization and kind of leading the future. What's what's changed in your perspective when it comes to youth basketball? Uh, there's a lot more. Obviously, there's a lot more emphasis on social media. Um, and, and in that same token, I think that kind of stems from the compare game. Um, I think a lot of players and parents constantly compare themselves with others. Um, when in reality, like I said, your your child and and how they operate is going to be totally different than the next person um you know i growing up for me playing you know the only highlight tapes that i saw were from the john walls the austin rivers the the top guys in the country who you know who had a name and and who had kind of you know a buzz around them and i feel like nowadays i can just pull-ups on YouTube and I can see a fourth and fifth grader with a highlight tape. And I'm just like, oh, fourth and fifth grade, like, where's the, where's the fun, you know, 
in in youth basketball. I feel like the fun part of youth basketball is being stripped and it's a lot more pressure on these players to 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 look a certain way, to perform a certain way. When in all actuality, man, these players just need to be in a place where they can develop and and have fun and really learn how to play the game the right way. And I think that has just been stripped from them. It's so serious now. I feel like kids take it a little too serious, you know? Um, So I think the compare game, social media, and just, it's it's, it's been detrimental, I think, to youth basketball and just, and how it can progress for the future. It's crazy, right? I I remember um, when, when mixtapes came out, it was a big deal right like you're like oh crap like that person's getting a mix like I mean, it was a big deal if if a mixtape was dropped and if someone showed up and was filming or anything like that and to your point now i mean it's a dime a dozen right like you can you everyone's getting mixtapes what about like you know like for 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 all the potential negative in the access really because we're talking about access kids have access parents have access to everything now at the touch of a button or a phone or whatever, but it's kind of a slippery slope because I I was having a conversation with somebody the other night where Keegan gets trained and uh, he asked me, do you think my son's better than me at his age? And, 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 and I stepped back for a minute. I started thinking, I was like, well, probably not, but he's just got more access to all different types of things than I had access to. And so for every negative or perceived negative there are some positives with where the game is and where it's potentially headed do you see any of those positives or like what's your take on positives that are out there for parents players and coaches yeah absolutely I think there's a there's a lot I think there's there's quite a few positives I think a a a big positive is the number of um outlets these players can use to 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 develop you know I think they're these crazy gems that they're building now with all of this technology and how to keep track of your percentages, your, your shots. And then it also keeps track of your physical stature, your, your weight, your speed, how much you're, you know, your uh, it's just so much, you know what I mean? I felt like a, a technology is, has taken the game of basketball to another level to where these kids do have a unlimited amount of resources to kind of really, track their development so to speak and 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 track you know how much they're growing over time um i would say that is probably the biggest positive you know that that has come out of you know how youth ball youth basketball has grown so thinking through that thinking through the positives thinking through kind of your evolution and kind of your journey now putting your psv charlotte director hat on what's your focus Right. Like you, you talked about how you went to D2, you thought you were D1, you, you know, you, you thought you were in peak physical shape, but you couldn't finish your first workout. Right. And so you've got a sneak peek into high level basketball. Right. Thinking about third graders, thinking about eighth graders, thinking about PSB elite kids, high school kids. What's what's your focal point for parents and players as a Charlotte director? Like, what are what are you trying to help them attain? What do you want them to obtain the most? Like, where where's your focus? Yeah, I think the number one thing for me is always going to be development, 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 development. Right? It's not about where your kid is playing. 
who they're playing with. It's all about development and focusing on your child's development and how and what they need to flourish and be successful. Um, I, a unique thing I think about us is that we we're constantly building environments to where these where our players can feel comfortable in their own space to where they feel like, hey, like I can grow on my own time. I can grow at my own speed and I don't have to think about playing at this tournament or playing with this guy or, or having this brand on my jersey or anything like that. Like we can just focus solely on the development of, of your child. And, and like I said, not doing the compare game and comparing them to their friends and like, oh, my friend is playing for this team at this tournament. So that's where my kid needs to be like, no, number one key um, and, and number one focus for me is always development. And, and if you feel like your child is being cared for, not only from a basketball standpoint, but from a lifestyle standpoint, standpoint, then that is where you need to be, you know? And um, I mean, I think, I think all that's good, right? Like, I think, I, I think when you talk about development, 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 when you talk about finding a safe space, I, I think that's everything that we want for our players. And I think it's also important to acknowledge there are other programs, there are other coaches, there are other environments that are doing that, right? Like that's not, we're not the end all be all. We do think we do it really well. And we want a bunch of kids and families to come and experience what we have um, to to offer. And so I, I, I think it's just good to hear city directors perspectives on parents, players, like, hey, this is this is a focus, right? Like, this is our focus. We're not going to shy away from it. Like, we're not going to go chasing national championship rings or Southeast regional championship rings. We're, we're going to chase development as we see within our professional experience. And we've got a lot of years of basketball experience to stand on to say, hey, th this is what our focus is. And so it's it's always going to be development. It's always going to be fun. It's always going to be learning to overcome, learning to compete, learning to build unity through the game of basketball and learning to, to improve oneself, right? That's focus for us. Um, so when when we talk about what, what you were about to uh, uh, just jump right on head first into, you know, our, our mission is to change the culture of youth basketball. What is that? What does that mean to you? Because that's a very large elephant, right? And it's hard, it's hard to eat an elephant in one sitting, so I've heard. Yeah, it's um it's it's a large one. Um, but I think when you're thinking about changing the culture of youth basketball, it has to be more than just the basketball piece. Um, at least for me, I think a huge mission and, and, and goal for us uh, for here in Charlotte is is when we're when we're impacting our players not only to give them the tools to be successful on the court, but to give them tools to be successful in life. Um, you know, I feel like the game of basketball is, is, is constantly teaching kids about responsibility, discipline, accountability, you know, teamwork and commitment. Like these are all things that these, these, these athletes will need after sports. You know, when, when the sports, um, when the basketball stops bouncing, they're, they're, they're going to need to have these intangible skills um, to be successful in life because these are our future doctors, lawyers, police officers, teachers. And I think as leaders, we're not only, you know, hearing not only as leaders in the youth basketball, you know, culture, we have a mission and a job to, to not only make great 
basketball players, but to make great human beings, you know, if, if, if that makes sense. So I think that is what changing the, the, the culture of youth basketball means to me is just, it's touching on it all, you know, not only focusing on the basketball stuff, but using basketball to, 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 to create, you know, you know, better human beings um, so they can be successful, you know, after sports. I love what you said at the end there, Kenny, which is using basketball, right? Like I think, and, and I feel like I find myself talking to parents and players about this a lot where it's, Hey, you can get caught in a situation, a, a, a certain program, a certain environment, X, Y, or Z, where the game tends to use you mm-hmm. instead of finding ways and outlets for you to use the game. Right. right. And that's, and that's really what you're talking about. And it's, it, it's been great for me as the national director to have these conversations uh, with all of our city directors so far that we've done podcasts with, because it's always come back to, and Pierre, our Tampa director talks about it so, so eloquently, but he talks about, I'm always going to put the person before the player. Right. And so like, how are we helping kids to understand that basketball can be a tool to build just deeper and far reaching experiences and relationships to get us even further as humans. Right. And that's, that's everything that you're talking about. And so I kind of want to take that and, and, and meander into you as a person, right? Like you basketball is taking you from Davidson day to limestone university to China to go play basketball in China um, and then now as, as someone who's running, uh, a part of PSB in our largest market. So how, how has basketball helped shape you and helped you become a better leader? Yeah, I think, I think the main thing basketball has done for me and how has it helped me is it's taught me how to be accountable. You know, I think accountability is something that we don't teach young players, um, often, um, but it's such a huge part of, of not only sports, but it's such a huge part of life, man. And I think basketball really taught me how to, how to be accountable to, to everything that I'm doing. Um, you know, it, it taught me how to commit to something and, and, and really go all in and see it through. Um, if I say I'm going to do something, I, I got to do it. I got to, I got to see it all the way through. And it, it taught me how to fight through adversity. You know, things are, things are going to be hard. You know, life is hard. Um, but, those hard times don't last. And, and, and if you, and if you're able to kind of stick through and, and, and build through that adversity, great things kind of come out of that at the end, man. So basketball is, I always like to say basketball has saved my life. Um, I could have been doing a lot of other things uh, growing up at a young age with some of the guys that I was hanging around, but I chose basketball as an, as a place of comfort, um, and it really, really changed the way not only I thought about life, but uh, the way I thought about myself, um, just in a much more greater light um, that I just had so much more to offer just just, just to the world and, and to other people. I, um, I'll add on to that because I've, I, I've seen basketball help Kenny change Kenny. Um, Obviously, I talked about how on the court, he was an amazing player, amazing leader. Um, you know, honestly, I, I I didn't know too much about Kenny off the court. Um, you know, I followed his college career, all that. And I wasn't sure what he was going to do afterwards. Um, but just in terms of his time with pro skills and him 
becoming a coach, becoming a leader within pro skills. Like a lot of people, you know, we talked more about as players, you know, the jerk, Kenny mentioned the, the, the marathon, not a sprint in the journey. Well, it's not, it's not a straight line up as we all know, but that's the same for us as coaches and as leaders. It's not a straight line up where there's no bumps in the roads or challenges or you don't make mistakes or um, do different things like that. We've all been there. And, and, and in the last four years, I mean, we've seen it with Kenny and um, you know, he has made some mistakes here or there, or, or maybe didn't have the commitment he needed uh, here, here or there. And, but we've talked to him about it and he stepped up every single time and, you know, changed. And then we also threw him into situations that he never asked for as, as well. And again, he stepped up and he, you know, kind of became um, the, the, the person we, we knew he was or, or thought he could be. And he's continuing to do that, Kenny, you're continuing to do that, which is amazing. Um, and you have now in four years, you have gone from coach in Charlotte to now you are becoming the Charlotte director. Um, and so it, it, it's, it's been really awesome to see it's, it's been a quick transition, but you have definitely earned it. And, uh, and, and, and I'm personally very excited to, to, to continue to see your growth. Hey, as is customary before we sign off, I'm going to give you a sound off moment, right? Let's, uh, let's imagine you're on the mountaintop. Let's imagine there's a bullhorn in every gym in every city or just blasting through Charlotte. What's your quick sound off to all the hoopers, all the parents, all the coaches? What is it, Kenny? What's your number one message? What is my it? My number one message? Well, my real number one message is barbecue chicken, but... Uh, <laughs> that would be my real number one message but now my number one message is um is is to focus focus on you um and 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 keep and keep pushing right focus on you and keep pushing my god that's all for this episode of the youth hoops pod kenny i love you man thankful to be on the court and share it with you Thankful that you joined us. Brendan, as always, it's a pleasure to share the mic with you. To the listener, thanks for spending some time with us today. And as always, remember, stay focused and leave it all on the court. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to today's conversation. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe so that you can stay tuned to future episodes. Follow us on all of our social media platforms at ProSkillsBasketball on Instagram and Facebook and at ProSkillsBball on Twitter. And if you'd like to find out more information about our teams, camps, clinics, or virtual basketball, check out our website at www.ProSkillsBasketball.com. We'll see you soon on another conversation.